her son was a 9-11 dispatcher with aspirations of becoming a law enforcement officer. He was killed in an accident with a habitual traffic offender who was also an illegal immigrant. And she says he received a lenient sentence. She's here to tell the story and how it inspires her to help others. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. There's only one official Facebook page. What you do, you do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Click like and follow. There you'll find updates about upcoming episodes of the radio show. You can contact me. We also find unique, one-of-a-kind editorials and news articles. That is our Facebook page, Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Be sure to click like and follow. Calling us from Arkansas, we have Sabine Coulter on the phone. Sabine's son, Dominic Durden, tragically was killed by an illegal alien, repeat traffic offender, received a misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter charge and a very lenient sentence. Sabine, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show to talk about this very difficult topic. Thank you so much for having me and for giving my son a voice. Well, that's the whole reason behind this show. Unfortunately, what happens, whether it be law enforcement officers, other first responders, victims of crime, they don't have a platform in the news media. People don't tell their stories. They'll say... So-and-so was killed, and that's it. Or they'll say yeah. their injuries are not life-threatening, and they won't talk about what they went through afterwards. So that's the entire purpose of this show, to talk about your experiences from your own perspective. And I, I really appreciate you coming on to talk about this because it's a deeply emotional, deeply upsetting situation you went through. Absolutely. And, and it makes it even harder during the, the holidays. Um, it's my ninth year without Dominic around for Christmas or every day. But holidays bring it home because all day long, all month long before that, you are uh, plastered from the TV with uh, families and get-togethers, and you're always reminded. I'm reminded. I won't have that ever again. He was my only child. He had no children. So Christmas and now his upcoming birthday on the 22nd of January are extremely difficult, and you're absolutely right. The media will not talk about this. They bypass it. They call illegals um, Houston man, Miami man. They, they um, refuse to tell the truth, and they refuse to tell how many Americans suffer because of this. And not just death, but injury and monetary um, difficulties, etc., etc. Somewhere along the line, I don't know where it happened, but the whole idea of immigration, illegal immigration in particular, became deeply political and deeply politically biased. And news media and media organizations, I don't know when it occurred, and it's been a long time, they have been not telling people the truth about this. Their whole thing is 
they want to avoid controversy when it comes to politics, but they want to inflate and create controversy and get eyeballs on their products. Yeah. Well, and I've learned over the last nine years, when Dominic was killed, the news media came around because Dominic was well-known, well-loved in our city in Moreno Valley, California. He was a volunteer firefighter. He worked for the sheriff's department. Just a great guy. And my best friend, funny guy, best friend to everybody he ever met. So they came around, and I didn't know at first it was an illegal. But as soon as I found out and started talking about it, they started coming, uh, uh, stopped coming around or talking about it. And then I learned that illegal immigration, and I'm a legal immigrant, took me six years to become a citizen of this beautiful country and, and, and swear my alliance and assimilate and so forth. But I found out that a lot of Americans, and I don't care if it's left or right of the political spectrum, don't know about it, don't care about it until it hits them and their families and loved ones. And there's a lot of money in illegal alien labor. Illegal aliens do vote, so that matters, because like in California, they get their driver license, which is insanity in itself, and then they get an automatic voter registration. So there are a lot of um, people and organizations that need illegal immigration and won't do anything against it instead of do a lot for it. And we are just collateral damage. Well, you said it. You have an accent. You're an illegal immigrant, and it took you yes. six years to immigrate here. Where did you immigrate from? I came from Germany. And uh, I met Dominic's dad, got married to an American uh, soldier, and then came to the United States in 1989. Um, I became an American citizen. My grandparents immigrated from Ireland. Yeah. And yeah. I looked through their, their paperwork and ancestry and all that stuff. And one of their proudest moments is when they got their American citizenship. And they worked really yeah. hard. And this, I think my grandfather became a, a citizen of the United States in 1935. On a side note, I applied for dual citizenship in Ireland two years ago. Still waiting. Yep. And okay. that is supposedly what they call a socialist country, in air quoting. Yeah. And if you go there, they're very strict. After three months, you got to leave. And if you come there, mm -hmm. they'll tell you, you better have your own insurance. You better have what your financial. What? <laughs> and we are scared to death of offending anybody. Yeah. I just don't no. get it. We're, spend, we're spending billions of dollars, tax uh, paying dollars, to illegals and their freebies and everything and drawing more and more. But like you said, um, when your grandparents, their proudest moment was when they received that treasured and precious certificate of citizenship. You know, I still remember way back, I was in L.A. at the convention center, and the mayor of L.A. was telling us before we were sworn in that we are special Americans. We weren't born American. We chose right. to become Americans. And I still have that little flag I got that day. And my pride was was out of out of control. I was just so excited. And then my son, he I raised him bilingual. He was law abiding. He he was volunteer of the year for the city in two thousand and four for helping and giving about ten thousand of his hours 
just to be there and, and help with traffic stops and so forth. And I raised him to be a upstanding citizen. And then to have him taken out by an illegal alien who has been deported previously, had two felonies, armed robbery, grand theft, and two DUIs, just prior, the last one prior to Dominic's death. And they did nothing. He just got a slap on the wrist, told him not to drive anymore, and five weeks later, he ran over my son, killed him instantly. Um, and the, the insult to injury is that guy received 35, he spent 35 days in jail. There's 35. And I know that the sentence and the amount of time he served is not adequate. I also yeah. realize from talking to many people, and unfortunately, I have not gone through this, and I don't envy anybody who has, any type of sentence doesn't matter. It doesn't equate to justice. It doesn't bring them back, and it doesn't give closure. No. Absolutely not. But at least I was looking for an apology. I know the guy didn't get up in the morning and said, oh, I'm going to run down Dominic on his motorcycle. But this guy, like so many others that you hear about, have no remorse. The guy claimed not to speak English. He was from Guatemala. He needed special translators. And then in court, when the judge asked him, who actually the judge gave him a deal... If he pleads guilty, he will receive nine months and five-year probation. We take a short break on that note. We are talking with Sabine Coulter. There's so much more to talk about this incident involving an illegal immigrant who killed her son. This is a Law Enforcement Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you're on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app, be sure to look for me and follow me. My name's John, the letter J, Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y. You can also search for at L-E-T Radio Show. That's John J. Wiley, W-I-L-E-Y, at L-E-T Radio Show on the Clubhouse drop-in audio chat app. Our conversation with Sabine Coulter on the Law Enforcement Show. Sabine's son, Dominic Durden, was killed in 1992 by an illegal alien repeat offender, received a misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter, and served only 35 days, despite a horrendous prior record. You can get more information about her, what she's doing, her mission, at the website domhugs.com. That's D-O-M-H-U-G-S.com. Before we end the break, we started talking about court, and I want to get back to that in a moment, Sabine, but I want to talk about Dominic. Before we talk about his death, what kind of guy was he? Oh, I, it would take about three days to tell you everything about him, but the one thing, he was the kindest, sweetest, called himself German chocolate, because his father was black, and, well, I'm German, so he was German chocolate Dominic. Um, always helping everybody. He was the kid that in kindergarten would sit next to a smelly, snot-nosed kid, share his lunch. He turned into a volunteer of the year for Moreno Valley, California. He volunteered with a fire department. He then became a 911 uh, operator for the Riverside Sheriff's Department, working on becoming a police officer on 
on mot- a motorcycle police officer, and then his final goal was to become a helicopter pilot for the sheriff's department because he had his pilot's license and a little plane. How he old was, was he when he yeah, was killed? He was 30. Um, That's a young was, man. At 30 yes, is very young. Life in front of him, a successful life. He was my best friend. We hung out. We rode our motorcycles together. We traveled. We enjoyed each other and also left each other room to to grow. His dad and I divorced in 2004, so Dominic and I shared a household. I have 30 years of incredible memories of this young man, and sadly, it was taken from us. I never got the grandchildren. I, I promised him I'm going to spoil him rotten. I never got him to walk me down the aisle when I married the man who stood by me during the worst time of my life. Um, there are so many moments that he's missed. People all over the world are, they know about Dominic, learned about him through me, and all his friends. There are many who named their babies after him. They still share stories about Uncle Dom. I mean, I'm I'm blessed in that matter that he won't be forgotten, that he lives on in so many people's memories. But it's still, right now, I'm sitting in this house alone. Right. He can't visit. He can't come fly out here, hang out with us. Um, yeah, his life So this was, was in 2012 crazy. he was killed. Was he yeah. running a motorcycle at the time? Yes, he was. He was on his way to work to the dispatch center for Riverside Sheriff's Department. And he was on his way to work when this illegal drove this unregistered, unlicensed, uh, uninsured, he was unlicensed, truck, and tried to get into a side street. So this guy turned his truck in front of Dominic and hit him so hard that it killed him instantly and threw him onto the sidewalk. And thank God there were two witnesses behind uh, Dominic that had to watch this horrific scene and... One of them stopped the guy from leaving, and the other one stayed with Dominic. That's one of the reasons why I finally sold my motorcycle and stopped riding. I've been riding since I was 19. I rode for more than 40 years, never had an accident. But so many people were turning left in front of me in close calls that it's – I knew it was going to happen. I just didn't want to go through that at my age. Yeah. And how did you find out about the incident? Because obviously you weren't there. He was on his way to work. He was on his way to work, and and the saddest, well, it's a good part in a way, and it's like God protected me. The night before, Anthony, my my then fiancé, and I were taken to the airport in Ontario, California by Dominic because we were uh, invited to a family reunion in Atlanta, Georgia. So Dominic, uh, the night of uh, the 11th, took us to the airport. We're still laughing. We're, we're joking, telling him we, we secretly hit cameras in the house. And we get to the airport, and I remember I tripped over the sidewalk, and I fell into his arms, and he grabbed me. He gave me that big old dom hug, grabbed me, swirled me around, kissed me, told me, have a good time, see you in a week. And I watched him walk to his truck. And thank God I didn't know it was the last time I would ever see him alive. So we got to Atlanta, and it was so early in the morning that we went for breakfast, and we left going to the car, and all of a sudden it was like somebody unplugged me, and I fell to the ground. My husband came running, and 
worrying about me. And we later found out it was exactly 5.45 a.m. when that happened. And my body, this mother instinct, this connection, knew something happened to my child. So we went to the house. I laid down. And then the phone calls started coming in, and I didn't answer, thank God. And I started getting nervous, feeling something is off. Called his job, and the, 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 all the people working there were friends of mine. I knew them. They would come to the house with hit Dominic, and they asked for me to hold on. They got the, the chief, and I heard those words that I only heard on TV before. I'm so sorry, but Dominic got killed um, this morning. And they had no choice but to do it by phone because you called them yeah, and was, you were out of yeah, town. and I wasn't there. And I went into shock. We screamed. We cried. We, I kept denying it. I, I said, this can't be true. And, you know, you go through these stages, but then finally the family got us on a flight back immediately. We cried on that plane the whole flight. And the stewardess told everybody to please don't mind us and be, be kind because we just lost our son and... Yeah, Dominic was the biggest prankster. We would out-prank each other. And I thought, as I'm walking through the airport in Ontario, I said, he he just played his last prank. I'm going to hurt that guy. And we walked to the stairs, and I see three of his best friends, and I just passed out. Um, They scooped me in the truck and took me home where I don't know how many people, there were hundreds of people just waiting to hug on us, and they didn't know how to deal with this. And then I needed to go to where it happened. It just, it was two miles from the house, a road that I traveled every day. And I saw the markers and I saw, um, I saw something that I couldn't explain. I, it didn't make sense how it happened. And people were trying to be, you know, careful and not talking too much. And then this woman comes up and says, oh, yeah, I was here uh, after it happened, and they had to wash off all this blood. And then, of course, I lost it again. Yeah. Because it's the last thing you you want to imagine. And thank God I never saw, and I didn't want to see and the truth is, pictures. You know, Sabine, after years of police work and, and all the violence and all the death oh, and everything else, yeah. I don't have the words to say to you. I don't know the right thing to say, and quite honestly— this is such a difficult topic to talk about that your story is so intense, it's so upsetting that part of me is fearful of saying the wrong thing. So if oh, I get no, to the point where I'm not you. saying much, that's why. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're taking a short break. We're turning our conversation with Sabine Coulter in just a few moments. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. One of the most frequent questions we see is... Where can I find great podcasts? Do you have any suggestions? Yes, we do. So we decided to start our own podcast network on Law Enforcement Today. That's right. You can find top podcasts about law enforcement on our website and our free app. Go to letradioshow.com, click the Be Heard tab, and there you'll find the LET Podcast Network. We'll be adding more podcasts from first responders and more. Again, to find the Law Enforcement Today Podcast Network, go to letradioshow.com and click on the Be Heard in our menu or download our free app today at letradioshow.com. 
Outdoor Conversation with Sabine Coulter on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Check out our website, domhugs.com. That's D-O-M-H-U-G-S.com. Short for her son, Dominic Durden, who was killed in a motorcycle accident by an illegal immigrant in 2012, and they received a very, very lenient sentence. Before we're to break, Sabine, you're talking about returning home at the airport, and you thought, man, this kid just played the ultimate prank on me. I'm going to get back. And then you saw three of his friends and realized, I, I, I know there's a process of of denial. This isn't really true. It is true. It's not true. And anger. You had to be just like devastated at that point. Absolutely. And then we go to the house and that's the house he and I shared. So his clothes were there. I ran straight. There were hundreds of people in the front yard inside the house just waiting for us. But I ran straight up to his room because I still thought he's up there in bed sleeping. So I laid in his bed. I smelled his scent. I picked up a hairbrush that he just brushed his hair with. And you go through a motion of, this can be true, this can be happening, and then you break down, and then you disbelieve. But at that point, I still thought it was an accident. And the days after we went to the accident scene every day, and there were hundreds of people there honoring him with candles, and the whole wall where he was killed was filled with notes, and, and shirts, and mom, I mean, it was just overwhelming. And we talked to the DA who told us he would make sure that the the guy who accidentally killed Dominic, which I don't call it an accident. I agree with you. It's not an accident. He wasn't supposed to be here. No, it wouldn't have happened if he wasn't here. But the DA promised he will take care of it and let's not go to trial. Well, I was in shock. I was so deep under. It's like you're underwater looking up and you can't speak. You can't hear. You're just staring. And I thought I was going to be taken care of only to find out that the DA and the judge knew the guy who killed my son. They had him in court before many times and never did anything. So they wanted to get me out of their hair. But I didn't know that until one police officer who came to the memorial wall whispered in my ear, I can't watch this any longer. You need to tell the DA to tell you the truth. And I had no clue what he was talking about. He said the guy who killed Dominic was an illegal. And I remember illegals work right there across from People pick him up for cheap labor, which is just the worst thing you can do because you are now complicit in illegal immigration. But anyway, I went to the DA, and he gave me this typical blah, 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 lawyer talk and convinced me not to go to trial. And in the hearing, um, the judge told us he gave this guy a deal um, and he wished he could take it back. And I was sitting there thinking, somebody's pranking me again. But the system worked better for the illegal than it did for Dominic, an outstanding citizen and member of society. Many people would say, and rightfully so, that nowadays, the, the criminals, the defendants, whatever term you want to use, mm-hmm. get much better deals than the victims and the victims' Absolutely. families. Yeah. And the deal that this guy was given, I want to go back. This wasn't his first brush with the law. He no. was but deported twice, he said. He no, had deported once. Okay. He had a, a felony conviction for armed robbery, a, a felony conviction, conviction for grand theft. 
a DUI, no license. While on probation, he was busted again for DUI without a license, and they let him go the second time, and five weeks later, he was just barely under the legal being drunk limit, and that's when he killed Dominique. So this guy's got two prior DUIs. He's got two prior felonies. Mm -hmm. He's been deported, and he was made a decision to drive again with no registration, no insurance, no license, Mm -hmm. while under the influence, not legally intoxicated yet, but still decided to do that. That is not an accident. That's a big on purpose. It is. And the, the weirdest part during the last nine years while I've been fighting this and speaking out and traveling all over, I get attacked a lot of times. First of all, they attack me, call me a racist. And I tell them, please go check out my son's picture. He's brown. You wouldn't even know he's mixed. So no, racist won't stick. Then they call me a Nazi because I came from Germany. Yeah, well, that's easy, right? I mean, who? <laughs> what, that term is thrown around so much, and I don't it's know of anybody out. who is not deeply offended by that term. Yeah. And, and you don't even so have to be of German descent to find it repulsive. Yeah. Well, and then the worst part I get is, well, he could have been killed by an American. And I look at them and I tell them, yeah, you're right. He could have, but he wasn't. That illegal, if he would not have been in the USA, if he would have stayed away after his first deportation, my son would still be alive. I wouldn't be out there dealing with other families and holding them up who lost a child because of an illegal. I wouldn't be doing this. I would be enjoying my son's career, his, his family, his children. One of the things that really disturbs me about this, Sabine, and it's not just your your incident, your case, the death of your son, it's the, the, the willingness that so many people have to diminish the behavior, the actions of the criminal defendant yes. and attack the victim and the victim's families. When you said, well, you know, it could have been American, but it wasn't. And yeah. he was deported. He shouldn't have been here. And if he had done time like he's supposed to for the prior felonies, he mm-hmm. wouldn't be on the street. If he did time for the prior DUIs, he wouldn't be on the street driving. That's right. But they don't want to hear that. There's more sympathy for illegals. Then I hear, oh, well, you know, they come for a better life. Okay, I came for a better life, but I did it the legal way. We have a system for that. You can't just walk into my house and say, okay, I'm going to live here now because I don't like my house or where I live or what's going on there. We have laws to follow. That's why they're there. But the enforcement of our immigration laws has have been so lax and just stifled. It's, it's insane how much rights illegals have while they laughing this all country, the way to the bank. In this country, in other countries, that's yes. not the case. Well, try sneaking into North Korea. You will be shot. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm still, Like I said earlier, I'm still waiting for my dual citizenship yes. from Ireland. You know, Everyone I can go does. there for three months. I can't work. I can't do anything unless I get dual citizenship. But because of it's COVID and other things, it's yep. been slowed down. I have to respect their laws. Of course. And that's how it should be. We have to have a society that functions and the laws are obeyed and enforced. And um, many Americans don't realize that illegal immigration isn't just at the border. Every city, every state, every 
everywhere is a sanctuary state because illegal aliens are traveling freely. It's it's so um, aggravating. It's so it it, it, that in and of itself is a conversation that could well actually fills up many many hours of radio programming. But your story and Dominic's story is is not heard, And, and that's you know unfortunately the real power is when people hear the stories. Your son was 30 years old. He was your only child. He was a a, a motivated young man. He was a volunteer. He was a 9-11 dispatcher. He had aspirations of becoming a law enforcement officer, a motorcycle officer, a helicopter pilot. And his life was ended due to the actions of a repeat criminal offender who was here in the country illegally. He had many bites of legal apple for felonies, for DUIs, you name it, and he only served 35 days. We're talking with Sabine Coulter. Be sure to go to her website, domhugs.com. That's D-O-M, short for her son's name, Dominic, hugs.com. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Have I got a deal for you? No, I'm not trying to sell you a bridge or swampland. Enter contests for your chance to win great prizes by subscribing to the Law Enforcement Today radio show email newsletter. All subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Scroll down to the sign up area. That's letradioshow.com. John discovered a cool new app, and he just can't put it down because it has millions of great podcasts, including Law Enforcement Today. So now you can listen anytime, anywhere, and also chat with John. It's called Podopolo. It's free on either app store, so join John there. Follow Law Enforcement Today and DM John when you do. That's Podopolo. Download it now. Third conversation with Sabine Coulter on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Sabine's son, Dominic Durden, was killed in a motorcycle accident in 2012 by an illegal alien who had multiple prior convictions, felonies, DUIs, and he got a very, very lenient sentence. Her website, by the way, domhugs.com. That's D-O-M-H-U-G-S.com. You said earlier, and we didn't get to elaborate on this, the, the defendant, and I don't want to give his name. I don't believe in giving. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I Good. don't use his name ever. Good. Uh, your son's name, your name, absolutely. His name, I, I don't yep. care to ever write it. But he got a, a special deal. What was that yes. deal? Uh, misdemeanor with uh, vehicular manslaughter without gross negligence, which I still don't understand. Nine months and five year probation. He was led out of the courtroom, and before he was led out, um, the judge asked him if he could. If he has something to say, he put his hands in prayer and said in Spanish, uh, God gives life, God takes life. I was only on my way to work. And when he said that, the whole courtroom just went quiet. Everybody just looked around. If he really just said that, no accountability, no, I'm sorry. It was just, he was sorry that he got busted. Um, I was dragged out of that courtroom. I, I fainted. I just, um, I couldn't believe that my son's life was only worth that little bit when this was a guy with so many more convictions, prior convictions. And I realized then that the court system was not kind to the victim, but kind to and and easygoing on the illegal 
Yeah. He, he received nine months and a five-year probation. How much time did he actually do? He actually served 35 days. Yes, 35 days. Um, by then, all of Dominic's friends, police officers, SWAT members, uh, special unit guys, everybody was irate. They just started speaking out, and they knew if they just let him go, there would be, there would be a lot of mess going on. So he was finally placed into an ICE detention center. I never knew about that, which it is. Um, it was out in the desert in California, about an hour and a half for me to drive when I wanted to know where my son's killer was housed, they refused to tell me. I wouldn't get to find out it's not my right. So, again, the killer had more rights. But thank God an ICE agent found out and called me anonymously and told me that they are irate, they, they're tired of this happening, and the killer is in Adelanto in the immigration center. So my my husband and I went there every week, and we sat in the front reception area. They wouldn't let us go back. They wouldn't let us in his hearing where he now all of a sudden spoke fluent English and asked for asylum. I wasn't able to even sit in the courtroom. But we made sure that for a year and a half, they would know, you better not let him out the back door, because I was told by the ICE agent, who then became a friend, um, that sometimes they get a note from the top uh, and to open the back door, let them out. Well, later on, I realized that these immigration detention centers are like Club Med. They have phone banks where they can call home for free. They can have visitation. They can play soccer in the back. They have video games. They have three meals. Everything but maybe turn down service and the chocolate on the pillow. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I, I find I that, that. I, it, I it's, it's humorous it's you said that. It almost sounds like a vacation. You know what it sounds like? Summer camp when you're a kid. Like, yes. I would love to go there as an yes, adult. Absolutely. And he got to enjoy that and got fat because I would see him through a window sometimes walking by when they let him out to play soccer. He got fatter and fatter. And I'm trying to think, what in the world? We have homeless veterans that can't get anything, but you feed these illegal criminals. But finally, after a year and a half, that ICE agent uh, called me and said, I'm on my way to the airport. He's being flown back to Guatemala. Well, that lasted a little bit because um, we finally moved out of California five years ago to Arkansas. I just couldn't handle it anymore to drive by that spot every yeah, day. Yeah, I don't blame you. But um, the guy is back in California. He has family there, and it comes from good sources um, that that still look out and drive by that house to let him know that they're watching him. I decided not to go there, not to try to confront. I, I'm not doing that. Um, faith and God will take care of that. He will, karma will find him, and he'll pay for it one way or another. I'm just afraid one day I see the news, see his face, and hear of another victim. That's my biggest fear. The one thing that you take from this, and I can sense in my conversation with you, is that you are extremely motivated to try to help other people that are going through this. How are you doing that? Well, by the grace of God, and my faith got stronger through all that, um, people contact me on my uh, website on domhugs.com. 
they contact me that their neighbor, their friend, their loved one, somebody had something to do with an illegal alien, somebody got hurt, killed, and I then sit on the phone with them, talk with them, because there's nothing like talking to another angel mom or angel dad who know what pain we go through. Um, I also travel all over the United States to different events, and I share Dominic. I share what I've learned, and I share that people need to start speaking out because you cannot think that this will never affect you. The way things are going right now, everyone is affected by illegal immigration. We pay for it one way or another, and I pray that nobody ever has to feel this kind of pain to to lose your loved one because of somebody that wasn't even supposed to be here. And I became the biggest advocate for my child, for my Dominic, and um, for a lot of other people who don't have that strength. And your website is domhugs.com. How did you come up with that name? Because Dominic gave the best hugs, and we were trying to figure out his friends and I the best way to honor him. And combined, we came up with Dom Hugs, and we also have green bracelets that were uh, created by his co-workers. Um, and if anybody wants one to remember Dominic, uh, send me a message. They will be sent to you free of charge. And it's, a, it's a, a conversation starter because people still whisper about illegal immigration because they are afraid to get called racist. Illegal is not a, um, a, a state. It's not a... What, what do I always call it? Illegal it's not an ethnicity. Is, it's not a race. It's, exactly, it's a status. It's not a race. There you go. I just lost my... Uh, look, I get not it. Not a race. Yeah. I, I get it. And nowadays, it's gotten to the point where people are, you said it, they're reluctant and they're afraid to say things because they don't want to be attacked. So you've taken this. This is your inspiration for, for sharing yes. your message. And a big part of your message is... I went to your website, domhugs.com, and you are all over the place. You're making appearances yeah. left and right in the media. Yes, I am. I am, and I'm going to continue to do that. I get death threats. I get um, all kind of nasty messages, and people think they can shut me down, and it won't happen. The only way I will ever stop is the day I will meet my son again and get to hug him. But people need to remember that you have to speak out. This is your right. This is not about being a racist or don't want uh, immigrants here. Immigration is a great thing for every country, but it has to be legally. You have to know who's coming in like you want to know at your own house. You don't just open the front door and let anybody in because they tell you, well, I'm, I'm a good guy. You're not going to put them in your daughter's bedroom. We have to speak out. We have to stop being so passive and hoping somebody else will take care of it. Because if you don't stand for something, you will fall for everything. Absolutely. Your website is domhugs.com. People can reach out to you there, can't they? Absolutely. Please reach out. And I I am willing to talk with everybody. I don't care if you agree with me or disagree. But let's talk. Ask me questions. Contact me. Get your free bracelet. Just become active and, and make sure you'll never know what it feels like to be an angel mom. And I hope no one else has to, but we know that it's going to occur. It will. And it happens daily without the media talking about it. And you know what happens to so many people, whether it be illegal immigrants or, or other criminals yeah. who are Americans, it's it's horrifying. And there's really no 
answers. I, it's a powerless feeling. I wish I could do more. I'm so glad that you came on the Law Enforcement Show and shared your story. Hopefully, it will help people that are going through this. Sabine, thanks so very much. Thank you for having me and for giving Dominic and thousands of other Americans a voice. I really appreciate you. God bless you. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today radio show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. And if you're able, leave an honest review and or rating. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya.